gather ye round to hear the tale of the barrel in the sea. Part 2. The Living Island The morning following the arrival of the Shiner and her crew, silver-tongued Tom Pennant rose earlier than the bountiful sun and prepared his tasks for the weary guests. Morning! Tom echoed through the hall to the dismay of the crew and their captain. Here I have the tasks for ye. Not one, not four, not two, but three. Tasks that'll steal the gull from thee. Gather yourselves, lads. Waste not the fresh morn. Balm your beards and pull the wax from your ears. I have for ye three tasks to pay your dues here, boys. Captain Farley had both boots and his hat just about on when he heard the commands being made by the eccentric innkeeper. Their quest, it seemed, would have to wait, for Farley knew not what would become of the men that day. Aye, lads, pick up every part of your bones and stack them here before me. Captain Farley called out to the crew. Three tasks we have today, boys, he began. Our time has slipped from our hands, and as such you must divide and complete each task for our gracious host. I feel it is my duty to remind you payment will not be made to the man off his feet today. Work your legs to stump and keep working, or the gold in your pockets will be forfeit. The crew of the Shiner split into three groups to complete each task separately. Captain Farley felt as though his treasure was sinking in the middle of the ocean, deeper and deeper, straying farther away from his grasp. But the need to feed his starving crew was a necessary detour on the way to the treasure. The crew lined up in front of Tom, ready to receive orders after being roused by their captain. There be the grit of hardened men, ice front lads, Tom spoke. The first task be done... Be simple, see. My shed be broken by black waves, bleak. Burn it down, and let not an eye wander. For my business is my own, for me and mine only. The second task be thrilling, but not three. Find my goat with the screeching bleat. He swims the slime in the amphibian sea. The black frog bog behind the hill it be. Now for the last of the tasks of three. I require a book from a cave in the island deep. Within the wood and rock it be safe. A stir came over the crew, chills up every spine. Tom's words were terrifying to them. A man who carried himself in rhyme was not something they came across often. Almost unreal did he feel to them. Like a walking dream of a whisper in their ears during a windstorm. They could just almost imagine him right out of the room. The first task was handled by the smallest and weakest group of boys. Frederick fell shortly behind the rest of the boys in his group. Their task was simple enough. 
burn the shed down, and the job would be done. As they reached the shed, they realized oil and matches would be in need for the task to be done. The group left Frederick as they searched for a fire starter. The little boy tried to open the door to the shed to no avail. Tripping down the sand trap that it stood in, Frederick now was face to face with the exposed underside of the shed, a spot that a small boy such as himself could fit in. A crawl inside allowed Frederick to find several old tools along with a shovel and a cigar box. Sweet leaf and wrap would warm his spirits. So the boy took the box and lifted the lid to the small but wonderful treat. Under two tightly wrapped cigars, Frederick spotted the corner of what must have been a piece of paper. Pulling the paper out of a slit in the box, the small boy found a poem that read, The Treasure. Far it be from land and sea, a journey the crew must take if need. Rock and gorge it lay beneath, a sword it be which can't be sheathed. Lost, not buried, lost by who that be? A spectre be its only security. Down they must go, those who wish, to get that beastly treasure and quick. Treacherous be the winding stair, Haste on the narrow will lose one's hair. If victorious he be, a treasure be there. To claim victory over the specter, beware. Hearing the other boys approaching from outside, Frederick folded the paper into his wraps. Crawling out of the shed from the far side, he stuck the cigars deep in the sand and covered it over. While Frederick was rushing around the corner, Suddenly the shed went up in flames. The other boys stood over the shed as it burned, smoke flying high into the sky above them. The sunlit morning blocked from the smoke. Frederick walked back to the barrel, reading over and over the poem he found. The second group made their way over the hill and reached the black bog, which was rampant with mosquitoes and frogs. A sickly, dark swamp, churning from an unseen source, bubbling from underneath the surface. The goat, the boys thought. Its new exploits in aquatic sport reached the level of swamp diving. A gross and vile pit. One which none would step foot in. Bugly, the leader of the group, being as he was just promoted, steps forward to speak to the rest. As first mate... I say we draw sticks to see who goes in, he stated. Shortest gets the boot. The four boys watched as Bugly gripped several sticks in his hand. One by one they pulled their selection, each with a sickening turn in their stomach. None of them brave enough to jump in without losing first. Finally, the shortest stick was chosen, and Bugly stood before the rest of the boys with the losing choice. While the second group found its diver, Frederick was back at the barrel, reading the poem again and again. Rock, rock and gorge. Spectre. Assorted be? Nothing made sense to the boy. As he read it aloud in the lobby of the barrel, an interested ear peeked in from the doorway. 
Did you burn it, boy? All of it, Tom Pennant said from behind Frederick, making him jump as Tom's voice seemed to change. His voice was not the friendly and inviting one the boy had heard the previous day upon arrival. You wouldn't have kept something for yourself, now would you? Something that doesn't belong to you. Frederick, now scared beyond his wits, turned around to witness Tom, now crooked and dead-looking. Tom held his arms forward toward Frederick's throat, his eyes now a cloudy white and yellow. Best give it here, boy, or die by my hands. Tom's face seemed to have completely changed, and just before he could strangle the boy to death, the small, thin Frederick ran between Tom's legs and ran out of the barrel in hopes to find the captain. Back at Black Frog Bog, Bartholomew Bugley was now wading knee-deep in the bubbling slime of the swamp. I smell something fierce where in you. Oh, if the goat's in here, dead he be from drowning. He must. Bugley's hand reached down into the area of the swamp right in front of him, hoping to find a horn to grab onto. After some time searching, Bugley knew the next step would be to completely submerge himself. Even if just to pull out the corpse of the goat, the task would need to be done to pay their debt to the barrel. As first mate, responsibility was set squarely on Bugley's shoulders. Down he went into the bog, knowing not that Frederick would soon be running to warn them about his terrifying encounter with Tom. This is the end of part two of the Barrel in the Sea series. Return soon for part three, The Treasure in the Well. Thank you.